0: Good morning, North Shore Christian Church family. My name is Pat Lassard. I get to be the executive pastor here with you all. Uh, well, we are continuing to be faithful and worship our King, gathering together in creative ways, and continuing to be the church. Uh, I happen to be in our lead pastor, Scott Harris's backyard, as we have uh, broke down our studio that we've been using, as our worship arts team has done, a phenomenal job wouldn't you all agree they have done a phenomenal job as uh, helping us as a church pivot through these wild and crazy times and have um, upped the quality of what we've done for you for us and, and just continuing to learn and grow and, and be faithful as a church. And, and so they've just done a wonderful job uh, helping us do that. And right now, we have broke down that studio as, that we've been using in this last season to help us become a fully live starting next week during uh, 9 o'clock and 11. Live welcoming and announcements and worship and preaching and uh, all starting next week. And uh, in addition to the 11 o'clock service, we are having our children's ministry and our student services. So we just want to remind you that we're wanting to keep everyone safe and healthy. And we are working hard to make sure that that's happening as we uh, seek to honor all the governing regulations that are being handed down with our eyes on the Lord and seeking to uh, honor him. Uh, We're jumping through those hoops and wanting to keep everyone safe. So So make sure to register as you come live, and and if you're not able to come live yet, uh, we will be streaming live. So one way or another, we will see you and we'll continue to be faithful. So so I'm in uh, Scott's backyard right now, so you might hear some uh, crows or birds or cars or sirens, and so uh, one way or another, it'll be fun. Um, We are wrapping up our series today straight from the heart and as we've spent a summer in the psalms scott was earlier in the summer as we were in the midst of all of this uh covid um unpredictability he really believed god led him and, and laid it on his heart that uh we needed help help in having honest conversations with God. We needed guidance. We needed permission to have honest conversations with God. And so, insert Psalms, Psalms, having honest conversations with God straight from the heart. And hasn't that been the case? Um, We've needed that. We've needed that as a church. This has been uh, a tough one, right? And so as we get in, we, we get to wrap up this uh, series today, and I just want to kind of bring us back through memory lane over the last uh, eight, nine weeks with where we've been and, and what we've done in the Book of Psalms. So we started in the middle of June with Psalm 22, and I open us up, and it was a psalm that is a psalm of struggle and King David, he cries out, Where are you, God? Why are you so far from me? And then we had Scott lead us in the famous Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. After that, we had Psalm 51, and it was Damian, Josh, and Scott speaking about the psalm of repentance as David was busted in his sin with Bathsheba Uh, More on that in a moment, but then we had Mark with Psalm 62 as he uh, led us through that God is our refuge, that God is our refuge, and prayer, talking with him, is a way to draw near to him and uh, come under his protective strength and goodness. Then we had Psalm 63, and Sanjay led us through this this intimate and intricate psalm where David cries out, my soul thirsts for you, my soul longs for you. And he appropriately so intelligently helped us understand the complexities of how God made us, that we, are, we have a heart and mind, we have a soul and spirit, we have a body, and what to expect uh, next with uh, eternal life then we had psalm 109 and scott appropriately titled that a prayer at the end of his rope it it was a a hard psalm then we had our youth services our our youth ministry uh, step into our services and tyler and that team just did a phenomenal job And they spoke about Psalm 78 and how, and called us as a church in just such a wonderful way, how we are to be a intergenerational church, a multi-generational church from the top down, everyone's included, and we need every one of us to be connected, working well together. Last week, Psalm 139, how we are fearfully, wonderfully made. Scott Scott led us through that how God intricately wove us together in our mother's womb. It was a beautiful, beautiful psalm. Today, we get to wrap up this series with Psalm 145. And it's a psalm of exaltation. It's a psalm of praise. It's a psalm of celebrating God and being in awe of God. And it's Uh, totally appropriate that we finish with this kind of psalm because if you've read the book of psalms there's a variety of psalms there's uh capturing good days and bad days and mountaintop experiences and valley experiences and our preaching and teaching team prayerfully handpicked nine psalms that would reflect this wide range of uh, emotions and experiences and responses and circumstances and so but as the 150 uh, songs uh, are, are sung and said, they're, um, they all, regardless of what the circumstances are, they all end all the time with this exaltation, with this focus of, God, I know you are true. God, I know you are good. So regardless of whatever, you are always, always, always faithful. And so that's exactly where we're ending. And Psalm 145 does it perfectly. So turn with me there, Psalm 145. I want to go ahead and just uh, go ahead and read it, walk through it, and then we'll uh, see what God has for us in it. Okay? Psalm 145. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness, and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, and you satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all His ways and kind in all His works. The Lord is near all who call on Him to all who call on Him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear Him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love Him, but all the wicked He will destroy. Lastly, my mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. And let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever psalm 145 i titled this uh, psalm this sermon god is good and god is good to me it's one thing to generalize and 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 agree in a broad sweeping stroke yeah yeah god's good i believe that and it's another thing to say personally with ownership god is good to me god is good to me and so we'll we'll see as as david highlights that Uh, to start off god is good god is good to me since that's true speak it speak it let's look just again to those first few verses david says i will extol you my god and king and bless your name forever and ever every day i will bless you and praise your name forever and ever great is the lord greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable how cool if something is good you speak it you you talk about it you say it to others Uh, our staff was together a few days ago and we were planning uh, this gathering and at the end of this gathering there was ice cream involved And uh, as the topic of ice cream came up, I had to say this amazing ice cream that I had the night before. It was uh, a pint of Ben and Jerry's Pistachio Pistachio. And as I said how amazing it was, uh, there was another staff member that they lifted their eyes up and they're like, ooh, that sounds really good. When something's good, you speak it. You speak it our family was taking a vacation over here um, a couple years ago to the Olympic National Park. And as we were making plans and doing research of, of where we needed to go, what we needed to do and experience together, I was talking with a friend who had been over here, and he said, you have to go to the Ho Rainforest. And sure enough, because he said it was good, we did. And It was nothing but impressive and an amazing experience for us as a family. And then one more thing. When something's good, you speak it. The Psalm, Psalm 51, about David being busted in his sin and this Psalm of genuine, heartbroken, heart poured out before God repentance that Damian, Scott, and Josh led us through people talked people were impacted greatly by the power of that message by those men those godly men coming together in such an authentic and genuine way and vulnerable way as they shared with us their own journeys and processes through repentance and god's goodness and restoration through those uh, through those stories through our own brothers and so When something's good you speak it you speak it and there's a couple ways that we see david speak it we see him speak it to god and we see him speak it to others and encouraging others to speak it okay speak it to god when i think about god's goodness in my own life um, and speaking it to him i i think i i could not imagine doing life without you god I could not imagine. I, I know what it is like, and I want nothing to do with that. Living in the flesh, living for myself, and whatever that looked like, that—that's the furthest thing that I want. I, I want to be with you and close to you, and I, I can't believe that He would love me so much. That he would forgive me so much of all the mistakes I've made and are going to make that he would say he doesn't even remember them anymore. He doesn't even remember them anymore. And that he said what he meant when he said, it is finished and it is paid in full that the power of Jesus's blood on the cross was enough to pay for everyone's sins my sin once and for all all time the entire world's. I'm just in awe of the goodness of God and he didn't stop there that he would adopt me into his family he would call me his own son that he would love me that he would give me his spirit that his presence his power would be with me he would be with me an ever-present help in my time of need, that he would shepherd me, lead me, guide me. He would be faithful. He would be, even when I'm not, he would be my provider. He would be patient with me, gracious with me through my immaturities. And his word, the grace of his word and knowing him, knowing him intimately and being able to draw near to him having brothers and sisters and being a part of a family having purpose and meaning it just would go on the goodness of god i we we speak that to him we see david do that and we speak it to god and we also speak it to others speak it to others notice uh, verse four he says one generation shall commend your works to another And shall declare your mighty acts on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works i will meditate they shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and i will declare your greatness they shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness david was impacted and others that he's speaking to were impacted by the goodness of god and they couldn't help but speak it to others speaking it to others. Both of my parents independently have told me uh, how God has worked in amazing ways in, while they were both in dire straits. I've had numerous friends tell me about how God has mercifully met them in spite of themselves and making a mess of life Uh, uh, because of sin, how God has mercifully worked within their circumstances and met them there in that brokenness and loved them there. I have heard numerous amazing prayer requests being answered. I've heard about other people going through horrible circumstances, horrible tragedies, horrible losses, and God being faithful in that. God meeting them there, and being an ever-present help in time of need. God shepherding them, uh, comforting them, leading them through horrible hard times, and in a way that only God can, making things good, making something good, drawing something good in a way that only He could do. Not only have I heard that from all sorts of people throughout my life, I've also lived it. I personally have seen those things and experienced those things. How about you? How have you heard from others and personally experienced that? When it comes to speaking it to others, I think of a couple different things. I think of uh, letting others in. Because those things are true, what I've seen from God, experienced from God, I tell others and I let others in to what I see God doing, what I've seen him do, how he's made uh, good beauty out of ashes that I've made, uh, how he continues to work. And I let others in to that window of my heart, to the window of my soul, to my experiences, to my past. I be honest and I let others in. I let my kids in my family and my friends and my co-workers those that i'm doing life with those that i'm discipling those that god has uh, given me just a window of opportunity with i let them in to how god is good and how he has been good to me and we see david doing that through this psalm. and then the other thing of being let in is help up help up There's this gravitational pull for us just humanly in in this world that it just kind of draws our eyes down. And it naturally, just our human experience, we naturally just focus on what's in front of us, especially the more that's going on. We just kind of hone in with what's in front of us. And it's really hard to lift our eyes up. And that's where we need help in somebody lifting our chin up and lifting our focus up and getting it above the clouds and up on him. Who do you need to help up? Who do you need to help up by focusing our our focus, refocusing on the goodness of God? How good he is, how he works. Who do you need to let in to what God is doing or has done? Who do you need to help up and getting that gaze up God is good and God is good to me so speak it so speak it and sing it sing it we see that this is a psalm it is a psalm it it is a song to be sung it's a song to be sung we see in verse 7 that he says, they shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Sing aloud of your righteousness. Let's not forget that David's own journey and David's own life experience, uh, he was an instrument of God to King Saul. As David was uh, uh, being trained how to be a king, this is something God was doing, God trained david how to be a king as he put him in the king's presence and the king's uh, uh courts but how why he did that the circumstances were king saul was tormented by evil spirits he had led some he had let some evil spirits in as he had made some compromises in his relationship with god and life and he had let some evil spirits in to torment him well god brought david young david in to play music not top hits modern modern hits or whatever but certainly he was writing some of these pieces of music these own psalms and singing praise to our king in the front of the human king and what's amazing about it is the demons the evil spirits could not stand in the presence of praise they couldn't stand in the presence of praising God it must have been like nails on a chalkboard they just could not stand it it made them cringe and flee I think that's awesome as God is being proclaimed and exalted and celebrated and highlighted in what is true about him and how good and powerful and amazing and faithful he is, demons couldn't stand it. And so that's part of David's own story. As God is good and God is good to me, so sing it. David sung this and, uh, and he wrote that Psalm out of that heart. And then uh one more point i want to make about singing is did you know that god sings did you know that god himself sings let's turn there zephaniah which is a fun minor prophet name to say zephaniah 317 says this the lord your god is in your midst a mighty one who will save He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. And then here it is. He will exult over you with loud. Do you read that? Do you see that? Singing. You've heard some very talented people sing, and you've probably heard, if you haven't said it yourself, wow, that person has the voice of an angel it just like cuts through it just kind of cuts through to your heart it pulls your heartstrings it penetrates your bones it it moves you on the inside out it's amazing somebody that is truly gifted and talented in music and singing if that's the case on a human to human level can you imagine can you imagine what the voice of god singing sounds like to hear that. And we will. It blows me away. So God himself sings and he made us in his image and likeness. And so he gave us voices. Now, as we sing together, um, you don't want to hear me sing left to myself. I don't have, I'm not talented in that way. And most of us are. There's a few of us that are, and we prop them up to lead us, not sing at us, but to lead us so that we sing together. We are the worship team. We have some people on stage and form a band to lead us so that we would exalt the King that we would praise our King together. And it's something that binds us together as Christians, as believers, as brothers and sisters. We come together to sing the praises of our King. A few other things about worship. Worship is an expression, rather, singing is an expression of our worship to God. It is a response to Him, about Him. Singing is prayer. Singing is talking. It's a conversation with God. It is using words to converse with our good God. And then lastly, singing focuses our attention. It gives credit where credit is due. God is good. God is good to me. God is good to you. So speak it and sing it. Sing it. And then lastly, God's good. God's good to me. So speak it, sing it, and live it. Live it. Put it to practice. Uh, Because of his goodness, it changes how we step from day to day, how we live from day to day, how we focus our day to day. And let's look here in verse 8 through uh, 10. The Lord is gracious and merciful. Merciful. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Abounding, limitless. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. And then verse 18, the Lord is near to all who call on him and to all who call on him in truth, in truth. Are you in awe of God? Not not necessarily like every minute of the day are you just in awe of God, but do you live, do you live in awe of God? I see this psalm was written, David wrote this psalm by being in awe of God. That's why he's exalting him so much, because he's in awe of him. And there's a few things there that uh, I believe he's highlighting about the awesomeness. That's where that word awe comes from. Um, and, uh, and he highlights the awesomeness of God. The truth of God, the mercy of God, and the grace of God are just a, a few things that I'm highlighting that, that he speaks to in this psalm. So here, here's our questions here. Do you live in awe of the truth of god in the reality of god i think about psalms something for me personally i'll share uh how i have been uh just kind of awestruck of the reality of god of the truth of god romans 1 19 through 20 says it well it says uh that the that the truth about god is undeniable. The divine power and eternal qualities, eternal attributes of God are undeniable by His creation. Creation itself exalts and proclaims there is a, cre- a creative designer. There is an intelligent designer. And there was a time in my life where I didn't believe that. And now it is undeniable one one thing in particular that uh, has my attention was uh, a spider web in my backyard my house backs up to a, a small greenscape and the sun was uh piercing through the forest and it highlighted this spider web i didn't see it before until the sun rays hit it which is a thing on its own. It's, it's hard to see until you're up close or light is shown on it. And in this, I was just thinking about, now I don't like spiders. I Actually, they give me the heebie-jeebies, but um, I like what they do. They lessen bugs. That's a good thing. How many of you are with me? Um, but I was thinking about the spider web and, and the material of it. It's amazing the design of it. I mean, it's amazing. A, a little bug created this beautiful pattern and it's a very sensitive system, but it's organized, it's detailed, it's amazing. It, it, has its, it has its own adhesive, right? A bug comes to it and gets stuck. And the strength of the spider webbing material has a stronger strength than one of the strongest materials that man makes, steel. If you take a piece of steel of that same size compared to spider webbing, that same size, spider webbing by God's design and creation is stronger. The tensile strength is greater. And I forget how many times, but significantly stronger. God did that. And that blows me away on such a kind of micro level. And that's not that's we're not even talking about the macro level about how God perfectly tilted the earth and the rotation of the earth. It's like ninety seven thousand miles an hour with the moon perfectly orbiting the earth, which affects seasons and tides. And we orbit the sun at this perfect distance and we're talking about three different spheres within this uh, solar system, within this galaxy, which is one of billions of galaxies, blows me away. The, The truth about God, the reality about God. How are you in awe of the truth of God? Next. Something else that David highlights is mercy, mercy. And he says God is very merciful, limitlessly, limitlessly. It's amazing. How are you in awe of the mercy of God? How do you live in awe of the mercy of God? Something that's struck me recently is the the vastness of his forgiveness. And it was really highlighted through Hebrews 10, 17 and 18. And it says that um, it says that he forgives uh, my sin so much that he doesn't even remember them anymore. That's how significant the sacrifice, the, the punishment that Jesus took that I would be forgiven that much. And it's the same for all that believe. His blood was so powerful, Jesus Christ on the cross. I'm speaking to you, Christian, reminding you, brother and sister, of the power of Jesus' blood. But if you don't know Jesus, if you don't get anything, uh, God wants you to understand this, the, the, the power of His love. Jesus Christ paid in full once and for all on the cross. He shed His blood. To meet the wrath of God in justifying you and making you right by paying your outstanding debt that sin had as it stood against you and God and separated you and God. And the power of Jesus' blood paid that once and for all full. So much so, he says, I don't even remember them anymore. As as he wants us to come to him in faith believing him trusting him receiving that gracious merciful sacrifice of Jesus on the cross he comes he wants us to come to him in that love in that faith in that trust and when we do that he says it's done it is done it is finished it is forgiven I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't remember them anymore. And for a long time, I thought he was just saying, like, you really know how screwed up you are and have been, and I do too, but we're just gonna kind of pretend that, um, you know, I I don't really remember them, but you and I both know I really remember them because you've had a lot, you've made a lot of mistakes, right? I've been wrestling with the fact that he says he doesn't remember them anymore. And if he says something, it's true. The truth about God. And I think he really doesn't remember them anymore. And to take it one step further, Luke 15 talks about the prodigal son story, and I was reminded of the prodigal son story. The son comes back with this list of sins and wrongs. He's coming back to the father, and the father doesn't even acknowledge the sins. He just acknowledges the son and the sonship in which the son was coming back into to be reconciled with the father. The son did his part, coming back and all that, but the father mercifully met him and didn't bring up his sin. It's like he forgot it because it was already paid for and done. He already had forgiven him because he loved him. So how do you live in the mercy of God? How do you live in awe of the mercy of God? And if you're not a Christian, God is screaming out to you. God is screaming out to you. He loves you and he wants you in his family. He wants you to know his son and the power of his love and the power of his blood. And if you would just turn from your sin and turn to him, he promises that you will have everlasting life and you will be reconciled with him and you will be met with grace which is the next point how do you live in awe of the grace of God mercy of God means you don't get what you deserve meaning punishment of your sin and hell that eternal punishment of God which is a real place as true as there's a God he says there is a real heaven and there is a real hell grace is not is, is getting what you don't deserve and so if what, if what we deserve is hell and punishment because of our sin against a perfect God, a perfect God, grace is getting what we don't deserve. And he pours out his love and he pours out himself and he invites us into his family and so on and so on. Lots of grace. So how do you live in awe of the grace of God? For me, I, I'm in awe of the grace of God through his word, how he reveals himself specifically and intimately so that we would know him, draw near to him, know his heart, know his mind, what he cares about and what we have to look forward to. And, and he has given us his spirit to understand these spiritual truths. And he has given us everything that we need for life in godliness. We already have it through His Spirit right here, right now. How do you live in awe of the grace of God? God is good and God is good to me. So speak it, sing it, live it. Right now we're gonna continue in our practice and we're we're gonna practice what we preach and we're gonna sing to our King right now. And so if you're not a Christian, god is extending that invitation to you he wants you to know him he wants to forgive all your sins and invite you into his family Uh, please do reach out to us please do at the end of our service uh, take advantage click on that zoom link for prayer for conversation with a pastor and we'd love to walk with you through what it means to know god and walk with him we'd love to hear your story and what God's doing to draw you in, draw you in. And if you're already a Christian, you're already a believer and a brother and sister, let's join together. Let's Again, let's bind together as we are the worship team, praising and proclaiming our good God and King. Worship with me now.